You know what I've been thinking about a lot lately, Steve? No. So, playing Mario Golf, right? Um, go- Real-life golf, fucking environmental disaster, right? Like, there shouldn't be golf courses. It's a huge waste of water. It's a huge waste of, of usable land uh, or mm-hmm. land that could just be left to nature, right? But golf, Mario Golf anyway, ton of fun. My thing is, what if we just convert every golf course you just keep the golf house turn it into an arcade oh i'd be down for that yeah 100 percent. let all the old white <laughs> dudes they could still wear the golf pants they can still wear their ugly polos they just show up and they just play mario golf instead i like a bunch of them just go there for the food and to go to the clubhouse anyway anyway actually ever go out on the on the green right you could even keep the carts yes do a little race course I feel like this is not really helping the environment, though. What's up, Internet? You're tuning in to episode 132 of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. I'm not going to lie to you, Steve. I have my screens backwards right now, uh, and I went to where I usually keep the show notes, and the number of the show was not there, and I almost panicked, but we did it. We landed the plane. Don't worry about it. We got there. Everybody, it's okay. All right? So you are here, and it is the podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the weekly video game podcast by OneLoopPots.com. It posts every Monday morning. Steve and I are here to talk about everything going on in the world of video games, what we're playing. We're answering questions from folks like you in our MailPod segment, and we're having a damn good time doing it. If you want to be a part of the show, you can write in, uh, just like the folks did this week in our MailPod segment. You can hit me up at Pete at LootPots.com. You can join our Discord, where we have an ever-growing community of potsheads just like you. We're writing in, giving questions, chatting with each other, playing video games together. It's a great community and a great place to come and talk with Steve and I, as well as a bunch of other like-minded fools who want to get together and play video games and talk about them and all that fun stuff. If you want to get some more content from us, you can, of course, head over to patreon.com slash loot where for just a buck, you can get access to our patron exclusive show after dark, where this week, Steve and I talked about cats. Uh, we talked about what else did we talked about, Steve. Did we talk about cats? We did. We talked about me Your getting my cabinet, my arcade cabinet. Yeah. yeah, which we can I guess we can talk about on this show, too. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, all, all kinds of good stuff. Go check it out. It's a great show. Um, we love doing it and we love putting it on for you and the people that uh, go and listen to it seem to enjoy listening to it. So I hope you'll go check it out. If you want to get some free content from us, you can head over to twitch.tv slash loot where every Thursday, well, what's up? But the main topic, who's the hottest Mario character? We did, we did talk about who is the hottest Mario character. Yeah. So if you want to get that saucy saucy content you can go head over there uh for just a buck and get access to the previous 90 episodes of it or whatever it is at this point hours and hours of content for just a dollar how can you beat that uh and then of course if you want to get some free content head over to twitch where every thursday steve and i are getting together and streaming some video games for you and uh this past week we went and streamed mario golf on release day uh on friday instead of thursday this week because i had to go pick up said arcade cabinet that i now have behind me um and it was basically just a two and a half hour podcast an extra yeah i was gonna say i feel like it's not the kind of game that people tune in to watch people play but it's great to just be able to talk over it 
it's great radio. It's like it's mm-hmm. perfect for us to just sit there and shoot the shit while I tried to get better at Mario Golf. <laughs> so yeah, rage at the fact that you couldn't figure out the backspin because you did not read the instructions or play the campaign game. Play I campaign did. Mode. I did read the instructions. I just wasn't remembering them, and I got there. Okay, I'm really, mm. I'm getting really good at it now. We'll talk about it. I would hope so. Anyway. And I hope that you've been playing the campaign and actually reading the text rather than just skip, 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 skip. I don't care about any of this. I just want to get to the gameplay. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so all of those uh, are great ways to get involved and keep up with all the cool stuff that we're doing. Of course, uh, head over to the YouTube channel. Give us a like, a share, a subscribe. Um, wherever you get the show, we appreciate you. And we, you know, we hope you'll write in and continue to be a part of it. So now let's talk about what we've been playing this week. Uh, spoiler alert, I've been playing probably way too much Mario Golf since it dropped on Friday. Um, I forgot my Switch upstairs. I wanted to see how many hours I'd put in already, but I just remembered now it wouldn't tell me anyway. It's going to tell you you've been, you started playing over over a day ago. Yeah. And you're going to have to wait 10 days to find out. But it's I, the worst. I think at this point, I'm probably coming up on 10 hours. That's impressive. I've I've played a lot. I mean, we did we did what two hours when we were streaming, two, two and, and a half. half hours when we were streaming. You'd played a little bit before then, anyway. I'd only played like five minutes before that, though. Like I played, really okay. Yeah, like I literally well, that was fresh out of the box. Yeah, I like turned the game on and was like, okay, let me just open up a regular like autoplay golf mm-hmm. and see if I can just start playing right away. Um, and you were like, which one's the hottest character I can pick because I hate my me. Yeah, and don't tell anyone who because then they won't go listen. Uh, yeah, you know you got to go check out After Dark. Uh, <laughs> but um, but I did play as the hottest Mario character. That is confirmed. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to figure out who. Um, or I guess if you watch the stream, maybe you'll know. But uh, I I so I I put in the two and a half hours. Then I played a little bit more that night. Maybe like another hour or two. Like after we had been done, had dinner, you know, and then watched a movie. And then I was like watching TV and was chipping away at it a little bit more. Um, I played it similarly yesterday where it was like, you know, last couple hours of the day was just like chilling on the couch and was like, yeah, like I feel like playing this right now because I was like a little too tired to jump into like, you know, Ratchet and Clank or or Mass Effect or something something a little bit more involved. Um, And it's like a perfect TV game then. It's a perfect TV game, especially if you're not playing the like the battle mode or like the, the speed golf where you're just like you know you have a turn and you take your tee because there's downtime yeah you get you were getting increasingly frustrated at the speed mode and then you switched to battle mode and everyone was just like attacking you with the the like bolts of lightning and the thing bombs. and you were getting so annoyed that you couldn't like you're like let me just hit my ball i was like, trying to line up my shot but i got good at the battle mode i won that a couple times uh during the stream um and and now I'm actually good at the core mechanics of the game, so I think I could do the speed stuff again. I haven't tried it again. I've just been like unlocking all the maps, um, and doing like full you know course runs of each course to try and like learn the intricacies, learn the you know the um, the kind of tricks of each one of them a little bit, and also obviously unlock more to keep to keep playing. Um, so I yeah I guess spoiler. I love this game. I'm really into it. Um, I've put a ton of time into it in a short amount of time. And uh, I, I really just can't get enough of it. Like, I feel like it's it's exactly what I want out of a Mario Golf game. Um, 
funnily enough, I have not played the adventure mode. Uh, as was suggested okay. to me, and as as you said that you hoped I would, I literally yeah. just decided like fuck it, and I'm just banging my head against the wall and learning how to play, and that's like what I've been doing, and it worked. I feel like that's bad because you're not gonna want to go back to the adventure mode. The adventure mode's probably gonna be really disappointing when you go back to play it now because it teaches those, you those mechanics as you go along. And yeah. It's like, oh, I'm sick of this. I just want to get through it. I just want to get to the next one because I know what I'm doing. Why are you babying me? And I, I feel like that's probably going to happen now because I've learned a lot of the tricks. <clears throat> but I'll probably try it anyway just because, like, there's probably some things I still don't know. But when we tried booting up the story mode on stream, I really was just, like, not interested in, like, how there was no, so yeah. much fucking dialogue. And it's like... It reminds me of of how I felt um, and how I've talked about like the dialogue in like Pokemon games as of late, where it's like Pokemon games always had dialogue, right? But it was like every character would say like one line before you fought them, right? And it was like that was all the dialogue, and like a few characters like your rival or Professor Oak or like you know maybe the Elite Four or something like that would say a few extra lines, you know. But it was like pretty limited. Um, whereas now the games have a story and they have a script and they have cutscenes and long stretches of dialogue and the dialogue fucking sucks. Like it's not good. It's not interesting. I don't want to play as a me and I don't want to hear this story about how I'm an apprentice golfer. And like, it's like, I'm, I'm really just not interested in that. I'm not. And uh, like, I like story modes in sports games, but like, I just don't feel like this is, I don't know. And, like, maybe I need to give it a shot and sit down with it and, and like, engage with it when I'm not trying to entertain people and get to gameplay. But yeah, I also just... I, I don't think you're going to gel with it. Because I've read a bunch of reviews, and we spoke about this on stream, and I was really torn as to whether this game would be for me or not, because I do love golf games. I've spoken before about how... I used to play Tiger Woods Golf on my DS all the time, yeah. and I had this golf game, I think it was like Acura Golf or something, back on the PS1. But the reviews for this were so divided. Some were like 6 out, some were like six out of 10, 2.5 stars, that kind of thing, from IGN in particular, call out the fact that the adventure mode's really poor, like you've said. And I know you haven't really played much of it, but it seems like the consensus is that's not the the best way to play the game and the the game really shines and comes into its own in, in the the main standard mode um but some people are also saying there's not much replayability because there's a limited number of courses and things like that so i'd be interested to see what the longevity of this game is for you in say a couple of weeks time are you going to burn out on it after 20 hours and is that fine because yeah, 20 hours is a long time to play a game or is this going to be something that continues to be in your kind of rotation of TV games? I think it'll probably stick with me for a couple more weeks, <clears throat> and then I'll probably end up bouncing off of it, I, I would imagine, just because that's generally how I play games anyway. You know, like, <clears throat> I don't stick with any game for too long. Like, I beat it, and then I move on from it. And, you know, I guess there's an argument to be made. Like, I only have two more courses to unlock. So, to some people... You know, that's the end of the game, right? You've unlocked everything. There's nothing left for you to do. But I don't think that's going to be the case for me because, like, I'm going back and replaying. Like, I'm just playing the golf because I like it and it's fun, you know? And, like, 
that's, I don't... that's the idea, right? It's like a Mario Kart. You are because in the original Mario Kart Eight, you had to unlock cars and courses, and it wasn't already all unlocked. And so you would complete all the cups and unlock all the courses. But it wasn't like you've unlocked everything. I'm not playing this game anymore. That's kind of when the game sort Parts. of opened up, and you would play it online, and you can you can have friends come over and just go right okay which course do you want to play oh this one's yeah. my favorite and i don't know if there's any other unlockable characters in this or if there's just the the base doesn't seem set. to be there might be from the adventure mode that i'm not aware of but i not that i've experienced yet i've only unlocked courses um and i won't sit here and say that i don't wish there were more courses like it would be nice if there were more courses they might have plans to add more later you never know um well, I think they said in the last uh, the last direct E three that they were going to continue to add updates going into twenty twenty two. Oh, right, they right. did say that. You're right. I remember there was. No, it, it's the... probably going to be a case like Splatoon. They're just going to keep adding courses and maybe characters or different special abilities yeah. or items, that kind of thing. They had that New Donk City course. I remember that they showed that was. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. It could be the you know, um, but yeah. So there, it seems like there will be more content to come later. Um, so I could see this being a game that like maybe I, I jump back into from time to time when I am looking for something to play at night that's like a little bit slower um, when I am when there is new content, whatever. Um, but I also really enjoyed streaming it. Like I I love the streams that we have where it's less like focus on the game, you know, because like it's fun Me too. to have that. Like we've had streams where it is a little bit more like this is the game and I'm going to show it off and talk about it. And, you know, it's like a little bit. And, more... and those are usually like the hot new games. Like I remember when we first got Cyberpunk, I got it a day early. Yeah. And we booted that up and everyone was asking questions and interested to see how it played and what it was like, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And that's always fun and interesting. But this stream, like we had a bunch of people from the community in there. We were talking about Persona characters and who our favorite Persona characters were. We were talking about a game that I'm going to be talking about in a minute and keeping it a bit of a mystery and people were trying to figure out what game it was. So it was a really good time. I had a, I had a great time in, in the stream, even though I wasn't on the sticks at all. It, it, it was it was nice. It reminds me of kind of like what it was like when we would do our Animal Crossing streams where like sometimes it yeah, was about definitely. the game, but a lot of times it was just about like, let's all just hang out and chat and like trade items and, and just goof yeah. around, you know? Um so I, I really dug it for that. So I think I could see myself continuing to play it on Twitch. You know, if, if people still want to show up and watch me play Mario Golf, uh, I would I would definitely do that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Let us know. Let us know what you thought about that because I had a lot of fun with it. And I kind of like the extra streams where they're just podcasts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because we don't do enough podcasts in a week and you definitely don't do enough podcasts in a week. You know, I like to podcast, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I know. <laughs> I think I think I've realized that if I could do anything, it would literally just be talk all the time, forever. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I have also been playing um, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Uh, still chipping yeah, away. At so, where where are you in on that? Because I don't think you played as much as you expected last time we spoke. Yeah. Have you jumped back into it now and really progressed, or are you still kind of just chipping away slowly at it? Um, probably a little bit of both, but I but I've made a lot of progress. Like I think I've more chipped away at it than I have like had the ability to sit down and really dig in the way that I I generally like to. But I've had a few play sessions like that. Um, and, and I think. I'm kind of glad that I was forced to play the game 
that way because I think it gives me a little bit more of a nuanced opinion about it. Because um, I actually think that that's the thing about the game that is one of the most impressive things. Like, it's it's a really easy game to play in short bursts or in longer stretches and feel like you're achieving something. And, you know, like like the other night, for example, I booted it up and I knew I didn't want to advance the story because I was like, I was feeling tired, but I wanted to play because like just the gameplay of that game is so fun and so rewarding. Um, and there were like two of the worlds I've been to, I think I've been to like eight now, maybe like I'm, I'm getting to the, like the last two, like the, every ratchet and clank game that I've ever played anyway. Uh, there's always like a list of the planets that you can go to and you can kind of mm-hmm. get a sense for how many of them there are like as you fill in the list. So I, I would guess that there's maybe two or three more before I'm, I'm done. Maybe four. Okay, um, and how long have you been playing the game? Cause I've seen very conflicting, lengths of time that this game is someone i follow has said that they've been playing it for like 20 hours and they still don't feel like they're anywhere near the end and i've seen some reviews that say it's like seven to ten hours long so i'm looking at how long to beat.com um i feel like if you're not familiar with how long to beat uh it is literally just this it's breaking down like how long different playthroughs of the game usually take and it's aggregated based on like numbers of um of people who have submitted. So for Ratchet and Clank, it, this is based on 397 people who've, who've beaten the game. And their estimates are that the main story takes 11 hours to do it. Plus extras is 14 and a half to do it. The completionist route is 17 and a half. Um, so between 10 and 20 hours, it looks like I would say, um, okay, not I, too bad. I think if you're playing on like a harder difficulty, if you're not good at platformers, like if, if you're dying a lot, um, that'll obviously extend that time a little bit. I am very good at platformers and have played a ton of them. So like, I think I've only died like in combat where it sets me back. Like maybe like it probably less than five times, you know, I'm playing on normal. So like I'm, 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 I've had a pretty easy time of it, especially as you advance and you get more weapons and you're, you have a little bit more control yeah. over the flow of battle. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not finding myself dying as much anymore. Um, so, I don't know. But I'm also doing, like, everything. Like, I've completed every side quest so far. I've been trying to collect, like, every item. I'm trying to do a completionist thing. So, I would say I'm probably closer to, like, 12 to 15 hours right now. And, like I said, I think I probably have maybe five more hours left before I'm, like, done. Okay. And like rolling credits, you know. I think if I sat so down about, and, about twenty hours to finish, like fully one hundred percent, the game seems about right based on what other people have said as well. Yeah, and I, I bet you it'll be a little bit less than that, if I had to guess. Um, and like some of it, like it'll take you longer because like there are a few planets that are like more open, and there's things to like find. So if you're fi- trying to do all the collectibles, like I am, then like you know, if you're just looking for things and not like looking at a map and like cheating um and not not as a value judgment if that's how you want to play the game there's something wrong with that um but i didn't do that right away i was like well i want to try to find them by myself and there was one Mm -hmm. one or two where i hit a wall and i was like fuck it let me look and figure it out um so you know i I think i think your mileage will probably vary a little bit based on your skill set and like how quickly you're able to like track things down and or like how quickly you look at a guide if you get frustrated (laughs) Um, 
but generally I think 10 to 10 to 20 hours depending on if you're trying to mainline it or do everything there is to do um seems about right not as long as I expected I mean my judgment on platformers is basically Mario games I haven't really played any other platformers and Odyssey was a very long game I think I put yeah. 60 plus hours into that thing. You could also beat it a lot quicker than that, though, right? Like, if you don't do the side stuff. You and can, you, but there's so many it. moons to find. Like, yeah. so many. Yeah, I think the thing with Ratchet, there's there's a good amount to do in the game. Um, like, I think if you if you don't main path it, if you do the side quests, if you, you know, max out every one of the weapons and upgrade your fully upgrade your character, like, you're going you're gonna to spend a decent amount of time doing that. But it's it's not a super long game, like, and it's it's not supposed to be, you know. Like, I think Insomniac shines in making like about a twenty hour game, um, mm-hmm. and that's you know, I've appreciated them for that. Like, I think what I like about this game is, you know, for as much as I loved Spider Man, there's fat on it, and there's things that you could trim. I don't feel like there's like much fat to be trimmed here. Um, I think the one thing I would say is I wish there were more side quests. Like, each planet has a main quest and a side quest, and, like, that's it. Um, aside Just from one side quest. Yeah, and, like, they're meteor, you know? Like, the last one that I did was I was on this planet, and you meet this guy, and it's like, oh, like, I need you to find these shrines, right, that, like, are connected to, like, Lombax's history. Um, and, like, that takes you all over the rest of the whole planet that you haven't seen yet, you know? So it's like... It's not like, oh, it's one side quest and you'll be done in like 10 minutes, you know, but like you might be done in an hour, you know, you might be done in an hour and a half and then like that's it. You move on. So it's like Mm -hmm. all said and done, there's probably like, you know, say that there's 12 worlds, there's like 24 missions to be done. Um, So like I do wish there was a little bit more to do just because I love the game so much and I'm having so much fun with it and like. I would love if it had another five or ten hours to offer me, but I also feel like there's something to be said for leaving you wanting more rather than feeling like, ah, there's a bunch of this bloat and I don't want to do it, you know? Like, I'm, I would rather there be less things to do and have everything be worth doing than have more to do and have some of it feel like it's just nonsense. Yeah, that's fair enough. I was just curious, and, I, and I'm still curious as to why none of these first party playstation games seemingly integrate with any of the system level features like that activity stuff i kind of thought that like a ratchet and clank would have integrated in and you know you boot it up and it is that kind of game that lends well to chipping away at it that you can open it up and the activity says you know this side quest is going to take you 30 minutes and you're like oh, i've got 30 minutes i'll go in and play it because that was the promise right of the os and seemingly it's not come to fruition yet not really. Like, a few games have toyed with it, and, like, this will give you, like, percentage completion on trophies and stuff like that, but it's not it's not anything I'm, like, actively using or getting much out of. <clears throat> um, that said, the game does make really, really good use of the system-level, like, technology. Like, the, um, the load screens are really quick. The, you know... Mm. The porting thing, like the pulling yourself through dimensions to like move across the map, never slows the game down. It never like has led to frame drops. It it's never been a thing that's killed my momentum. Like it only accentuates it. I think my only complaint about it is that it does feel a little on rails. Um, there are only 
you know, there you can only do the riff pulling where there are riffs to be pulled. And like in in fights, a lot of times they're placed perfectly. Like you'll be in like a big arena or you'll be, you know, uh, on a, a pit of lava and there's a bunch of platforms you can jump across or whatever. And at the four corners of it, there are rifts that you can pull yourself apart. So it's really easy to like pull and flank somebody who's attacking you from across the map or to like get across the map and confuse the people that you, that were surrounding you. And now all of a sudden you're across the map and you can all shoot them in the back. Like there's a lot of that that works really, really well. But like, you know, there's like that one scene they showed us in the trailer where you're fighting a boss and you're like you're going through dimensions. Like that only happens like yeah. once, you know. Oh, um, that's a shame. So it's like that that's not a thing that is like a big part of the moment to moment gameplay. It happens a few times and when it does happen, it's part of like a scripted event. Um and I understand why that's the case. I don't really know that that's something that I'm like cr- critiquing them for, but it does feel like oh man, like it would be cool to see that go even farther, you know? Yeah, it's like you've had a glimpse of what's possible, and this is maybe the first stepping stone to the next game, which does let you just switch between rifts at all times. I am hoping... I I can't really talk about this too much without spoiling the game, but I am hoping that the main conflict of this game isn't solved in this game, and that it's actually kicking off a trilogy with this set of characters dealing with this problem with these powers. That's kind of what I'm hoping is going to happen. Um, but we'll see. I definitely think these, I definitely think these characters will stick around the new ones and everything, but like, I'm, I'm wondering how the whole dimensional thing is going to play out. Um, but, but either way, I think regardless of the few things that I could note that I would love to see them like do more of or expand on or whatever, like overall, I really, really am enjoying the game. I, I think it's, um, fantastic. It's a great addition to the Ratchet and Clank series, and I think it's, you know, a, a fantastic um, talking point for Sony right now in terms of why you should want to buy a PS5. Uh, because I think this mm-hmm. is right now. I think it's probably my game of the year. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think I, I think I stand by that. Um, Even which, more so, Spider Man was last year, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, there's not been much released yet this year, seemingly. No, which I mean, I think is even better argument for it. That it yeah, is. I mean, Horizon might creep in right the end. If and... that comes out, then we have a we have a real conversation on our hands. Mm-hmm. But um, if not, I think Ratchet and Clank is going to stand out among a lot of the games that we're talking about later this year for for game of the year conversation um, because it is it's it's a truly you know quote unquote next gen title. Um, mm-hmm. and that's really special. So I'm... one of the only next gen tiles, like yeah. exclusives, because even Horizons, like cross gen, cross gen. Yep. And I mean, it makes great use of the adaptive triggers. It makes great use of the the advanced rumble features. Like I, I really think it's a great, great showcase of what the PlayStation Five can do. And it's one of the best looking games I've ever played. Um. So yeah, I can't recommend it more highly. I'm sure I'll talk about it a little bit more before we wrap up on it in the next couple weeks here. So um, yeah, let me know if you're playing it. If you got questions on it, I'd love to hear from you. So now, Steve, you have been playing a game this week that I I love to death, uh, that I have mm-hmm. recommended you check out, and you finally took the plunge. It is free on Xbox Game Pass, and it is Tell Me Why by Don't Nod, the uh, team behind yeah. Life is Strange. Yeah, so, I'm... I'm... 
I'm glad I finally picked it up. I, I really am. Uh, it wasn't really what I expected. And I was sold on it, I think I said last week, when I saw some of the at the Square Enix events, some of the stuff uh, from Life is Strange. Uh, I think it's True Colors, True right? True Colors is the new one, yeah. And and seeing like how you make the choices and things like that, it felt really compelling. It really reminded me of some of the Supermassive Games um stuff where they did it with uh, until dawn and those choices having knock on uh, like uh, repercussions um, and you can see that a similar kind of thing you know you get the little bit pop up on the screen and it shows you you know uh, that some this what you've just done and what you've decided has triggered something and it's going to obviously make the gameplay different. I don't know how different it makes it and I'd be interested it's in kind of comparing a lot and seeing. It's a lot different. Uh, you've played it a few times now? Um, I haven't. I've only played it once but what I generally do with these games when I finish them is go and look up the alternate routes so that I can get a sense for like how the story could have gone differently because I get very like because the, these kinds of games, <clears throat> I'm not usually one to replay until later. You know, like I've played Life is Strange more than once, um, but it was like mm -hmm. years apart. And I played it and I made the same decisions that I made the first time. Because Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I can make different decisions exactly. because I align so specifically with certain characters and certain choices. And it would just be so out of my personality to try and play this in a different way and side with someone else. Exactly. And for me, I only ever do that in games like this when I've played them like dozens of times. Like I did that with Dragon Age because I played it so much that I wanted to do different kinds of runs and role play different characters and be like, I'm going to intentionally fuck things up and see what happens. And Yeah. You know. I mean, one game I think I would do that on is Disco Elysium because having seen how yeah. wild of a character you can create in that game, I do feel that you can really role play a certain character like i'm gonna play this as hobo cop or i'm gonna play this as a real authoritarian and making those decisions to fit that specific character that you're building but it doesn't feel like in that game i'm playing another character you know i'm it, it sort of feels like in this one i'm watching a movie and i'm making the choices yeah. for that whereas in disco elysium you put yourself in that person's shoes and you really feel like you are that character and you are role playing that character so I'll say this without spoiling anything. Um, the main kind of mechanics of, of of this game, right, are, as Steve said, making choices, right? And there is um, a bit of a supernatural twinge um, that, that we won't we won't get into uh, too specifically. But I do kind of want to spoil some things, we can, though. We can talk about it a little bit. I, I, think, I think we can talk about that stuff without spoiling the things about the narrative that are, like, going to, like, be reveals and hook you because like the big thing is that like they have supernatural powers that are like associated with memory right like you play this set of twins and you're like basically packing up the home that they grew up in and it's like digging through both the happy and unhappy memories of their childhood um through their power to kind of relive memory mm -hmm. and um you know kind of the main the main mechanic going on in the background that's influencing how the story progresses is the relationship between the twins because they have been separated for, for several years um, and are, are ten being years. 10 years. Right. And are, are being reunited and like at this point have like, you know, they've only 
like written letters and talked on the phone and even that it's kind of been a while so like they're very much kind of re-getting to know each other and and reconnecting and the choices that you make as either of them will affect the relationship between the two of them. Like, do you side with them in an argument? Do you, you know, have empathy for something that they're going through? Do you, you know, snap at them in in a certain situation or whatever? And each of those things impacts their overall relationship and where their relationship is at any given juncture point in the story impacts where it goes from there. So... There, there are some. It's not just the relationships between those two, though, right? Because yeah, I've spoken yeah. to Tessa, I've spoken to Eddie, and those characters you also kind of can have those moments with, uh, and and even having like specific reactions to those people. It's not just oh, I've sided with you in this argument. It can be you know, I snapped at someone. And you liked that person, so now you kind of feel a little bit of animosity towards me right. as a person. Yeah, so so it's it's actions both big and small, and they're not always obvious. It's not always like a binary, choose your sibling in this argument or choose this other person. It is often more subtle than that. But all of those things are tracked and play into the relationship that they have. And how tight their bond is or how fractured their bond is affects how the story is resolved and um you, there's like a mystery to be solved and you cannot solve it if you don't play your cards right um so there is a pretty oh, big, interesting there, i didn't know you could that was, that was one of the choices if i get a bad ending i will definitely replay this because i kind of want to know what the story is yeah so if, if you get a bad ending um you can you can really see some things turn out pretty differently um so yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk to you more about it. Like I might, I was thinking I'm, I might want to replay it. Maybe we do like a like I'm, a... I'm so up for doing a spoiler cast because I'm you know I've got a lot of of feelings towards this game. I will say I'm really enjoying it, and I th- I don't think it's a spoiler to say that one of the characters is trans, and you start by playing him because uh, you learn that very early on, just walking around. It's his, like literally the bedroom. Yeah, very beginning. It's of the really game. the first thing you kind of you can kind of notice, and they they portray a trans character better than I've ever seen in any video game. I'm glad you agree with me. It's, it's fantastic. I'm glad that they got a a trans voice actor to play him. Um, It's nice to see proper representation for, for people from, from the community. Um, That said, I do absolutely despise some of the characters in this game. Uh, there's been points, and I, I posted on Twitter, like, like his twin, she constantly talks for him all the time, and she'll try and suppress him and shut him up when he's snapping at someone and and really trying to get his point across and how he feels. And it's like, no, shut the fuck up. Let let Tyler talk and and say say how he feels. Like you've been you've been gone for ten years, and you find out. A little bit more that you know it wasn't all under her control as the story goes on but still it's it's a real shitty thing to do to, to shut someone up but but i i i love tyler as a character he's fantastic and i really align a lot with him mm-hmm. so much so that i was disappointed when it switched over and i had to play the other character like really disappointed i was like oh i, I don't want to i don't want to play her because I was at the point where I'm like, that was right after 
she she tried chatting him up and i was like i don't want to play her she's a bit of a bitch to him and i uh, that's how you have to though you know you have to (laughs) yeah no it's funny it was the same kind of reaction i had in the last of us you know when you go to play abby and you're like what the fuck? I don't want to play Abby. I've, I came to this game to play Ellie. Why am I playing her? I don't want to play her. She's evil. She just killed killed Joel. You know, and it's like... Oh, you're just like really just spoiling <laughs> the whole plot of that game right now, huh? Every, everyone knows at this point. And if you if you don't at this point, I don't think you're really going to play it. You know? Probably, if you're excited to I guess. It only too. came out last year, though, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. If... <laughs> oh, well. Um, sorry if I spoiled that, but... I think everyone that listens to this show who probably knows who wanted to play The Last of Us Two has probably played The Last of Us Two at this point. Uh, I hope so. But it's it's great, and I love the I love the fact that you go back to locations multiple times. And I know part of that is probably from uh, like a production standpoint of it's easier if we reuse like the the twins house and we go back there multiple occasions or we use the reuse the store and we go yeah, back there a few times i don't feel like it ever feels like that though no like, it doesn't because there's always something new to find you're always going there for a reason it really feels like uh, like a mystery movie where you go back and you need to talk to those people again or like a, a standard cop drama where you're going back to this location because maybe they haven't revealed some information to you previously. You've gone off, you've found a little bit more evidence and you want to present that to them. It actually kind of reminded me a lot of playing L.A. Noir where you would go, you would talk to someone, they would tell you one thing or reveal one thing to you. You would go off, you'd learn something new and you'd go back and you'd question them and present the evidence to them and see if you could get more out of them. And I like that you can really fuck those things up as well. Like if you forget the name of like something you've seen, like there's a there's like a uh, a name of a of a, a location that the the twins were going to get sent to, and if you fuck the name of that up, you won't get the achievement and you won't get the information that you need out of that person. And presumably that will have knock on a knock on effect in can I solve the mystery figure this this mystery out yep um, and, that and i happen. really want to solve this mystery at this point because i was shocked at the end of chapter one yeah um hell of a hell of an ending yeah yeah uh yeah that's the, the, the cliffhanger ending of the first episode is wild that was the thing that really hooked me because i was already into it you know i was like oh, i like this this is cool like it's 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 low-key it's it's like very relaxing and then you get to the reveal at the end of the first episode and you're like holy shit yeah like there's a lot more going on here than i think i was aware of so you absolutely so you finished the first episode did you start the second one yeah i'm thinking about 70 percent of the way through the second one so i've just left the police station in chapter two and i'm okay uh, back at the uh, back at the store and then i left it there um, so I'm going to hopefully finish chapter two today. Hopefully by next week I'll have finished this and we can maybe do a bit of a spoiler cast. Um, maybe we do that as a separate episode that we can put in the feed for everyone if people are interested rather than doing it on the main show. Or we might do it as the end section. So um, if you're not interested in hearing about the game or if it's you, you want to play it and you don't want to hear spoilers, it's not a spoil at the, the top of the show. But I'm we'll so glad I played this game. And I think it really is uh, going to entice me to play Life is Strange. Let's go. This year when that comes out. Because this this format of game is... Wonderful. Like, fantastic. And I, I've always loved this style of game. Um, and I'm surprised it's taken me so long to, to play it. I will say I was a little bit disappointed when they revealed the supernatural aspect. 
I kind of just wanted it to be a normal story. I didn't know that any of that stuff was there. And I was like, oh, it kind of feels like they're, they're playing into that gimmick that they, they sort of came up with in Life is Strange and they just want to do it again. Oh. And it's like we're, we're repeating the format. But as, as the story's progressed, I've come around to liking the idea a lot more. Yeah, I'll say this. I think in this game, um, I think I said that at the time when I reviewed it, like the supernatural element of Life is Strange is uh, part of it. Like that's baked into the story. That's part of the story. Whereas in Tell Me Why, it really isn't. Like it's 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 more a means to an end. For sort it. of. Like you do kind of see it at the end of chapter one, right? With that big reveal. Yeah, but I don't know. It, I think it's not to say that it doesn't have a story connection, but I think that the the powers in Tell Me Why feel a lot more like a means to an end for a gameplay mechanic rather than... Because um, I, I, in, in Life is Strange, they reveal it as part of the story, right? You're, they're learning that they've got that supernatural ability rather than just, here it is, this is what the game is. Yeah, like mild mild spoilers uh for the very beginning of life is strange um it, it that's what happens right like max is the main character she moves back to the town that she grew up in and she ends up realizing um like the first day that she's back uh she reunites with chloe who is her best friend from when she was a kid they haven't talked since she moved away and she finds out she has superpowers like that day um and then, like, that's all part of the story. Like, the whole story isn't necessarily about that. Like, it's not like, oh, this is Max's superhero origin story. Or, like, let's get to the bottom of why you have powers. Like, it's more, okay, imagine, you know, imagine you and I are teenagers and we go to school together. And then we find out that, you know, you have powers tomorrow. And then it's like, okay, what are we going to do about that? Like, what, what does that mean for us? You know, like, while you're also dealing with whatever's going on in your life, you know? Um, so it's more like that. Whereas with this, it's more like they're reunited and they're like, oh, remember we have superpowers? And they're like, yeah, oh my God, we do have superpowers. Yeah. And then, like, it becomes a conduit for the story. And I think it's kind of clumsy, but I like it because the way it's utilized to explore the past and like give you a more firsthand understanding of what their childhood was like. Like I feel like it ends up enhancing the story even if like the framing device for it is kind of messy, you know? Yeah, I agree and I I really like that that it shows how biased people's memories can be as well because it's you see it from both angles and obviously they're never the same they, at all. They're never the same. They both have a different viewpoint based on how they felt about the character that that memory is about. Um, so Tyler might have a different feeling towards someone than Allison does. And, and knowing that is really cool uh, because you, you kind of assumed that as they, as they had this, because it starts with, they see the same memory together, but then later, later down the line, you can see separate ones and you kind of, that's that's where the main choices I would say in this game come from. It's like you're siding with one person or the other, uh, and and I really liked that. Um, I will say though that I felt that there was some strange pacing problems in in the game at times, and I get that maybe part of it was to make it feel awkward or um, like there's a little bit of tension. But 
because like you know obviously Alison and Tyler had just met each other again for the first time in 10 years but that boat trip felt like it was going for fucking ever like I was walking around and I spoke to the guy that was on the boat and I spoke to Alison and then I was like there's nothing to do and I'm just sat here waiting for seemingly like two three minutes just for the boat to dock in town I, I think it's because there's other things you can do on the boat and they want to just make sure that you have time to do everything that... like you've got so much so much time like yeah. I, I, I guess but that it should like trigger an event like after i've done everything just like fade black and get me to the get, get me to the like beach because i was i was waiting for a very long time um and some of the puzzles are not clear what you've got to do um like it, it explains to you once but unlike if you miss that one explanation uh, one like... thing or one explanation it's like impossible to to figure them out and they really need like a repeat of the instruction uh, sometimes or maybe uh, a log of what's been said like other visual novels would have like you yeah. go back in and you can read the transcript i think every game there's... should have that personally <laughs> uh, yeah i do too because I, I i got given the um i got given the the one on the bed uh, in the bedroom right for the bedroom door and i was like i really don't know what i'm meant to be doing here because i missed what what i was meant to be doing um and so i ended up just restarting the game and learning it back in and, and getting to that point uh and then i almost finished it and the game actually crashed oh no so there's some there's some technical issues with the game because in, in places like it looks like their mouths are out of sync and uh it's not the best frame rate um it's so it's it's not perfect but i'm i'm having a good time with it and it feels like chapter two significantly better than chapter one so far I in terms so, of pacing yeah. and you know you're just i think it's because you're just into the game there's none of that setup that you had at the beginning of chapter one where they're probably trying to introduce some of that or the, those awkward moments you really are just straight in you know what you're doing let's just let's just get down to to brass tacks and and, and go forward and figure out this mystery together yeah i think episodes two and three are definitely better than one um i liked one a lot but i feel like one hooked me at the end whereas two and three i was just in from the start because i was really invested mm -hmm. in the mystery at that point you know um, but yeah, I, I, I really love the game and I'm, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I'm glad you took my recommendation. I thought you would like it, but you never know. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that it's resonating with you. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it. And, and again, it's free on game pass. So, uh, if, if anything we've said has piqued your interest and you've got access to, uh, to Xbox, then you should go pick it up. And if you don't check out life is strange. So let's move into the news. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about all of those games that we just waxed about for almost an hour uh, next week. So <laughs> let's let's get into some of the stuff we won't talk about next week. Uh, it's so, almost like this should be two shows, right? We need one where we just talk about video games and one where we talk about we the, news. the news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe there's something to that idea. Almost like we've discussed it or something. Uh, so uh, first item on the news list this week is that Metroid Dread was GameStop's top pre-ordered game following E3 2021. Not much to talk about here aside from that headline, um, but I just I thought that was really cool uh, because obviously you know we've talked about it in the past, right? That like Metroid, Metroid, despite being a um, AIP with a lot of juice and like a lot of mm -hmm. cachet. It's never been a bestseller. It, never. Um, the best selling Metroid game, I think, is Prime and tops out at like 
two million, three it million is, copies. It jumps out just under three minutes, two point nine eight million. Because we looked it up a couple of couple of weeks. Right, ago. and it was re released. So that's on two consoles that it sold that much. Yes. So that's not great. Um, it's not like awful, but it's not. It's not on the level of a Zelda, right? Um, or it's or, not even. Yes, yeah, it's, it's and Zelda's not even a massive. Uh, franchise compared to Mario. Mario. Right. So Metroid has always kind of been a critical darling, but it's been like a C-lister, I think, really, when it comes to sales and overall performance for Nintendo. Um, So, you know, this being the top pre-ordered game coming out of E3 is obviously a big deal, especially alongside the fact that this is the first uh, 2D, original 2D Metroid anyway, in 19 years. Uh, also a huge deal. And I mean, this is very just cool. just pretend the other M didn't exist now? Is that what we're doing? It's well, just... that wasn't a 2D Metroid. That was 3D. Oh, okay. Fair enough, yeah. Um, And that game is terrible. But, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, obviously this is this is a big deal just in and of itself, but it, it's, it's not terribly surprising, I don't think, when you think about the fact that, like, the Metroidvania genre is huge right now and has been huge the last couple of years um and that weirdly enough the two genres that are its namesake are gone right like there hasn't been a new metro yeah. in a long time there hasn't been a new castlevania in a long time so to see nintendo you know finally getting it together and getting this game off the ground um and throwing their hat in the ring for a genre that they had a hand in in creating um is good it's a good step it's a great sign for metroid fans i think I think that, you know, I've said this before, I think the Switch is a real opportunity for them to get Metroid over and to, like, put it on the map and make it a marquee title in the way that I think people think of it as a marquee title and actually, you know, make it a game that resonates with a wider number of people. Yeah, I I agree. And what's also wild about this is, uh, so these come from uh, GameStop's official press release, and the top five games were all Nintendo games that were announced or previously announced at E3. And I think that goes to show how strong an E3 Nintendo had compared to everyone else. There was no real big announcements that went up for pre-order straight away. F- forgetting the Microsoft event, because I, th- I feel like pre-orders are always low for Xbox games just because of Game Pass and the fact that everything yeah. comes to Game Pass day one. Sure. But you've got Metroid Dread, Skyward Sword, Remaster, Mario Golf, um, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and Mario Party Superstars were the top five, That's uh, huge. Which, is, which is wild. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows that they've got a, the potential for a really strong second half of the year or yeah. beginning part of next year if some of these games do end up slipping, um, which might happen. But even if it does, you know, they've they've got some he- heavy hitters in the chamber. Um, so, I mean, this is this is really cool. And, and I think in general, I'm excited to see what the future of Metroid is. Um, you know, obviously, Metroidvania is not really a genre that either of us flock to, but I know we both express interest in this game. But I also think just in general, like, as a Nintendo fan, Metroid Metroid stewarded well fills some really, really important gaps for them. Like, having a 2D uh, Metroidvania series that is, like, you know, a AAA game um, is obviously something that I think could really be a feather in their cap. But also the idea of, like, Metroid Prime 4 coming out later and being, you know, maybe 
a little bit more of a first person shooter, a little bit more, you know, mature, you know, they're the only Nintendo franchise fronted by a woman, like it's a dark sci-fi thing, like every single one of those things is a unique value proposition from Nintendo's first party, right? Like no other game in their portfolio f- fulfills that niche. So if they can really like land it here and and make Metroid a thing, um, I think that would really go a long way in showing that, you know, they have more than just Mario and Zelda, you know? I hope so. And I hope that this uh, this is kind of evidence that they're no longer just marketing Metroid games to Metroid fans. Is that seemingly all they've done in the past? It's very It's been very difficult to get across what Metroid actually is. Because what does the term Metroidvania mean? It means a game that's like Metroid or Castlevania, but that's a terrible explanation yeah, right. for what those games are. Like, if you don't know what Metroid is, and a, and a lot of people won't know what Metroid is because the last 2D Metroid came out, as we said, 19 years ago. There's a lot of people that weren't even born at the time who now own Nintendo Switches and are interested and invested in video games. And... So I think they they need to do a good job with the marketing on this game, and it feels like they're off to a good start. But obviously those E3 uh, pre-orders are going to be people that watch the event who are are big into video games anyway. If they want to get this onto the level of a a Mario, a Zelda, um, they need to to kind of push it a little bit more and and find a way to explain what this game's all about. I think that said, they have plenty of opportunity to do that, right? Like, another direct focus on it will do a lot to, to move that along. Um, I think just in general, right, like, you've got you've got a lot of opportunity to, to do that in the next couple uh, weeks, months, you know, before the game comes out. But the fact that it's already got these really strong pre-orders um, just coming off of an E3 without an additional marketing push, I think is a good sign that it, it, um, yeah. it has the potential to break into that upper echelon. All right, so moving into our next story, uh, we've got a rumor that a Dead Space revival is in development over at Motive, um, and this comes right along the side, uh, right alongside the news that EA has also um, gotten one of the top de- developers, uh, Eric Baptizat, who is a game director on Assassin's Creed Valhalla, to join EA Motive on a uh, unannounced project after 16 years at Ubisoft. So. Obviously, uh, pretty big news here. Motive in the in the news right now. Seemingly, you know, um, well, the, the original bit of of news about Dead Space um, came from Venture Beats Jeff Grubb, which you know you can probably take that to the bank. He's he's pretty good about that sort of thing. Um, so the idea that that a Dead Space revival is in the works potentially maybe like a trilogy remaster followed by a new game uh in the same vein as what we've seen from one mass effect and hopefully soon after on dragon age what'd you say i just want another remaster i really want a fresh game straight out of the gate and even if this is just a reboot of the franchise and they just call it dead space and it's like starting from scratch you know they did with battlefield kind of a battlefield one and then it was like a reboot and they started again after after hardline and they shut down visceral um so it, it would be nice and a motive worked on star wars squadrons which was pretty well received 
Uh, I don't think it landed quite as heavily as as they would have liked, following on from Jedi Fallen Order. But it was it was still a great game and and um, enjoyed by many. Uh, and Dead Space is something that people have been wanting for a long time. Uh, so I really hope I really hope it comes. I've actually never played a Dead Space game, um, so I would be excited to to get my hands on the, on a, a new one and something modern on current gen hardware. Um, but it's not long, July twenty second. Hopefully, EA play they they reveal something. Yeah, I'm hoping that we get an update then. Um, I, with with regard to what you just said there before, I I can kind of see both ways because like. We've talked about this before. Remakes don't take as much time as making a brand new game. So the idea mm-hmm. that like they're going to have that team kind of get acquainted with Dead Space by doing a remaster of the original trilogy and then making like a Dead Space 4 to pick up where it left off or even to reboot it. I think either of those are good strategies. Um, and I think like you see how well it worked for Mass Effect, right? Like Mass Effect is back in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, it was an opportunity for like lots of new players to jump on and, and get what it was all about if they miss it the first time around. Like I've never played Dead Space. Um, I watched my friend play a bit of the original or two. I don't remember which, but um, I've never experienced it myself. So that could be a great opportunity for me to like jump on the you know on the bandwagon and then and then you know be a new fan when the new one comes out. I hope so, but I do kind of feel. A little bit like some of it is wasted talent at these studios who are, are so good at making these brand new fresh games. And maybe they, the EA needs to kind of pull a Sony and get a studio like uh, Bluepoint where they can just have like a remaster house and let them put all their skills to porting these games and making them look fresh. Because I don't think anyone does as good a job as Bluepoint does at, at bringing games up to up to scratch um you just gotta look at, at some of the ones they've they've ported over to ps4 and ps5 and uh, how good they look yeah yeah absolutely and i think that there's a strong case for that i definitely see what you're saying um i think the only reason that i feel like it makes sense to me is that um that kind of angle of it's a good opportunity for you to start getting people acclimated with the series while you work on ideation for the new one, you know? Um, yeah, that's true. But, but, you know, if you've got, if you've got a studio who's dedicated to, to bringing these games up to scratch, like look at demon cells, that's a true next gen title right. that is based on original code that's been ported over. That's the kind of thing I want to see these these remasters not just oh we've updated the graphics a little bit and and freshened things up i really kind of want to see it taken to that that next next level like um the team at, at blue point games do yeah yeah i definitely agree um i think i think there's definitely a lot of of room to do more than what we've seen ea do with the mass effect collection which as much as i loved it wasn't a remake in the way that like a blue point studio remake is so Mm -hmm. maybe that is something worth seeing from them if they do have this uh desire to go back to some of their you know their classic franchises all right so uh jumping over to the xbox side of the fence a bunch of different news this week um it's interesting because a lot of it is is big interesting news but there's not a ton to say about it right now because it's so like primordial you know and obviously xbox is very forthcoming with that sort of news um but yeah i guess let's jump into a couple of them so 
the first thing is that they're working on uh, native cloud games with uh, Kim Swift, who is one of the lead designers behind Portal, um, kind of helming that project with this idea of making games that are made specifically to run in the cloud. Um, rather than which is being... which is awesome. I mean, this was like the promise of Stadia, right? Was we're going to make these games that could only possibly run in the cloud. And Microsoft kind of toyed with the idea. Do you remember at the beginning of last gen? It was like Crackdown Three, powered by the power of Azure, and nothing's this wouldn't be possible. We've got Flight Sim, where a bunch of the stuff is pushed off to the server, um, where you know all of the weather stuff comes in. It pulls in live textures and, and yeah. live information because you just could not have that much stored on a hard drive um and if we can then get to the kind of next level with these cloud games where it is an experience that that couldn't be done with traditional hardware that's what i'd like to see uh because as much as cloud gaming is kind of where i think the future is i know you've disagreed with me in the past on that um to have it as a potential place and another tool in developers arsenal in the same way that vr is another tool where you can make these unique experiences that could potentially not be done with just a traditional controller and, and screen and just running on uh, a box in your room is is really really interesting and if you've got someone with the talent of of kim swift leading that up i think it could be it could be really good but i just i just hope it gets given the the push it needs by Microsoft, unlike what Google did with Stadio, they had Jade Raymond, and she kind of was just left to to wither on the vine yeah. before she she ended up leaving and and starting up a new PlayStation Studio. I wouldn't be concerned about that with Microsoft, just because that's what they do. Like like not obviously games aren't the only thing that they do, but they've invested a ton of money recently to be like, hey, like we're about games, um, and like this is a huge part of the future of our company and and what we're doing and everything. Um, so that's something that I think definitely resonates with me, you know, is that like, if someone's going to do it, I think Xbox and Microsoft are, are, are someone who can actually have not just the resources to do this, but like they have great cloud technology in house. Like they have a reason to want to do this because game pass is a huge part of their business. Like you can see why this makes sense for them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like they're the only ones really succeeding with the cloud stuff at the moment. We also got the news this week, which was actually not really news. They didn't really announce it. People just noticed that the xCloud hardware had finally been updated from Xbox One X's to Series X. Bunch of games got frame rate boosts from 30 frames per second up to 60. It was loading faster, and you could you could definitely tell that they'd upgraded the hardware, which is which is nice to see. Um, and then again, with that commitment to uh, video games, the Windows 11 was announced. Bunch of features, obviously, um, but the the headline features for for gamers. Uh, some of the Xbox Series X features are coming to Windows in DirectX 11, uh, Auto HDR is coming over, and access to Direct Storage, which is their uh, um, kind of direct access to SSD without having to go through the Windows OS. You can directly connect to it, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, all of that's huge, right? Like, the idea of them continuing to double down on some of those features and, like, you know, um, kind, of, kind of continuing to further solidify their um, their claim as a as a player in the PC space. And, you know, um, we're kind of running out of time here, but, like, there's a few other... 
you know, interesting bits of information. Like they want to um, change the revenue share with developers to be a little bit more advantageous. Like they want to try to start working in other uh game marketplaces like the Amazon Android App Store and Steam like they want to work that in so it's like you can see that they're they're really continuing to be aggressive and and expand what they're doing and um yeah I mean the future looks bright for Microsoft right now that's for sure um yeah they became the second two trillion dollar company this week they did oh my god I didn't see that that's crazy Mm -hmm. wow well yeah that's that's quite a bit (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're gonna we're gonna close the show out with uh, a question from the mailpot here. Uh, we did have an additional uh, three patented question email from Mister Asobi uh, that I wanted to end the the show on, but um, we are running out of time here today. Like I, I've got to run, so we're gonna close it on uh, this email uh, from from one of our longtime supporters, that doc guy, who writes it and says, "Boomer email, lol." <laughs> from Twitch. Why does Nintendo hate lowering prices? I want to try some of their AA games, but like $60. I mean, I think the answer to this is simple. Nintendo loves money. And Nintendo also uh, does a really good job of treating their IP, uh, sometimes even when they don't deserve it, like it's premium. And that you are, when you're buying a Nintendo game, like... You're, that's like a seal of quality, right? That's the, that seal of approval means that you can trust that this game is going to slap. Um, not always the case, but I think that's how they treat it. And in yeah, my this mind... Is like, this is new to this generation, right? No. This is the first... Yes, it is, because we had Player's Choice, we had Nintendo Selects. They used to reduce the cost of these games when they chucked them into that red box with the stupid banner on. And they'd reduce the price. They they stopped doing it. That's true, they just but flat out stopped doing it. But both of those came late in their consoles' uh, life cycle. Is worth pointing out. So like the idea of them potentially like doing that kind of thing in the next two years or something like that is not crazy in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. But I also, to your point, wouldn't be surprised if they didn't do that. And I think that there are two really good, compelling reasons for that. And they're Breath of the Wild and Mario Kart Eight because. Every person who buys a new Switch buys those games, and they still sell at full price regularly, three years later. Yeah, but you don't have to do it for those games, because you look back, I'm looking at the list from the Wii U, and the the big game of that generation was Mario Kart. It was really what people kept a Wii U around, and possibly Splatoon, that's also not on the list. But you've got some of the smaller games, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, Pikmin 3. Wind Waker HD's in there, uh, Pikmin 3's on there. These are the games that they kind of didn't sell as well as they expected, and they wanted to drive up. And they've started doing some sales in, in Europe. We got um, Breath of the Wild reduced recently. Um, Pikmin was reduced recently so they, they are doing it I would just like to see kind of a commitment back to uh, this this moniker um, because they've been doing it since the SNES uh, and this is the first generation where it hasn't happened um, the Wii U, the first the first ones released on the, on the Wii U were in 2016 so that was three years after the game, uh, the, the console's lifespan but I'm also aware the Wii U did not go 
in the same direction as the Nintendo Switch. Right, of course. So you can you can understand why there might be some variance there as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, right? Like, I, I definitely, I think that there's a chance that we'll see that, but I also feel like there's an argument to be made that because things are so successful right now that they don't want to, you know, undercut themselves. But I think for some of the games that you, like, kind of pointed out, like, something like a Kirby Star Allies, like, I don't see people buying that game at $60 today. Whereas, like, if they knocked it down to 40 or 30 people might. Yeah, or even, like, a Luigi's Mansion which didn't probably I'd buy that well on as I expected. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I hope we do, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't, because right now there's no reason for them to. No, and that is, that's the problem, because people are still buying these consoles in droves, and it's going to happen when the new one comes out as well. Uh, until there is a reason for them to do it, they're not, they're not going to. But it, I can understand it's ve- it is very frustrating, and I get frustrated with it as well. Um even more so because I always feel like we need something new to talk about. And if I've got a new game to, to buy and, and talk about, then that's that's more interesting. Um, so I, I would like to I would like to see it, or even them just do more sales. But even like Amazon in the UK, who notoriously just knock down prices as low as they can to get you to buy from them instead, very rarely reduce Nintendo games. When you look at say like a a PS4 game or an Xbox game. A month after the release, it's it's already down in price. Right. Yeah, and you see that on their their digital storefronts as well. Yeah. All right. So thank you very much, Doc, for writing in. Asobi, we will get to your email next week, I promise. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us here in another episode of the Pots Cast. If you want to get some more content from us, of course, head over to Twitch on Thursday nights to catch us streaming some games. Uh, go over to patreon.com slash where for just a buck you can keep the conversation rolling and uh, find out which Mario character is the hottest. We're asking the important questions over there. So go check it out. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening here on this episode of the podcast. We'll catch you next week.